Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi everyone, I'm Sue Omanson. The Riverwalk is our most visited park in Naperville and it's known as our crown jewel. In this podcast series, we're going to hear about the river that inspired the community to build the Riverwalk. It's called the West Branch of the DuPage River, and it runs through downtown Naperville and then south to meet the East Branch and continuing on its way as the full DuPage River, eventually joining larger rivers in Illinois that connect to the Mississippi. Naperville Park District has been involved with many projects to restore and protect the DuPage River as part of our commitment to environmental stewardship. Today we get to hear about our most recent project to restore the river shoreline at Lincoln Greenway Park. I'm happy to welcome to the studio one of our project managers, Peggy Mata, who managed this project and several others. Glad to have you here, even if we are remote today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Staying home. Yes. So when people think about keeping a river clean, we might focus on things like not littering or keeping out industrial waste. However, why is the river shoreline so important to the river's health? Well, the shoreline of any body of water, especially a river or a retention pond, is the buffer from the land to that water body. And the function of that buffer is to clean water before it enters into uh, the river or pond. Um, Most of the water in the river comes from overland flow. So it flows from your backyard um, along the ground and ultimately ends up in the the river. Um, So the shoreline is able to, if it's a healthy shoreline, the shoreline can filter out pollutants from the water, absorb some of the water so we don't get as much flooding. Um, So the shoreline becomes sort of the key to the health of that body of water. So what kind of pollutants might be in common rainwater? Um, It's salt from what municipalities put on roads to keep them safe. It's fertilizers that people put in their backyards or pesticides, um, that sort of thing that end up in these ponds and can be detrimental to the overall health of the rivers and streams. So so why isn't um, just a regular lawn with turf grass uh, that goes right up to the river enough to, to keep some of the pollutants out? Sure. I mean, I think a lot of people have seen the result of having turf grass right next to um, a river. Um, And it's usually steep erosion where you can see the water falling, falling into the river as the wave action hits the shoreline. So the issue is that turf grass has very small roots. They're about three inches, two to three inches deep. So, um, if you just mow right up to the shoreline, um, it's unable to help. Another issue with turf grass too is that the geese love turf grass. And as we all have walked along shorelines, we know what geese do along the rivers. <laughs> they deposit their evidence, I guess you could say. And that also rolls into um, the river and is detrimental to the health too. That makes sense. 
So what did the Park District do along the river shoreline at Lincoln Greenway in last year's project? The shoreline at Lincoln Greenway had a lot of erosion and that was being caused by turf grass, like we just talked about, being right next to the river, as well as some invasive trees and shrubs and woody plants along the river as well. The issue with having a lot of woody plants along the river is that the roots are bigger and they're unable to hold the shoreline. So you need a combination of trees and native plants to hold the shoreline in place. And Lincoln Greenway didn't have that. So there was a lot of erosion. What we did was we went in, we, very carefully and strategically were able to grade the edge of the shoreline um, in a way that it was at a stable slope. And then we put coir rolls, which is sort of a coconut fiber log, basically to help prevent wave action. And then we planted native seed along there. Um, We also removed invasive trees and shrubs. We kept native trees and shrubs, and we planted a few more to uh, help stabilize the shoreline. So that's basically what we did out there. So the the native plants that you planted have deep roots, right? They um, much deeper than than the grass, for example. Correct. Some native plants are said to have roots that are 16, 20 feet deep. And they also have a lot of fibrous roots, which are very small, fine roots, which are able to sort of um, embed themselves in the soil and hold it. They create a matrix within the soil. So this project was done, um, was it last summer or last fall? Yeah, last summer, correct. Yeah, we finished in the fall. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I remember going out there to the site and taking some pictures and it, it was still, it had a, a erosion blanket on it and um, it looked like we were waiting to see what was going to happen. So once the construction is complete and then the next year you start looking to the results, how is it going to change and how do you think it'll look this summer and then in, in later years? Sure. So right now it looks very flat, um, okay. like you said, with a blanket over it. But underneath that erosion blanket are native seeds that were planted last year. Um, over time, those seeds will grow. And the thing with native plants is they don't tend to grow on top right away. They establish their root systems first, which again is beneficial to the shoreline, but people kind of wonder what's going on. Why did you plant those seeds when nothing is happening. It is happening. It just takes a little bit more time. So this year we'll see some um, natives coming through the erosion blanket. Um, It'll be sparse, but um, within the next three to five years, we'll have a a very well-established matrix of native plants. So we'll have grasses and flowers that um, our native birds and butterflies enjoy too. So they do grow anywhere from four to five feet tall, depending on the environment that the seeds are in. And if the plant likes that location, sometimes they're very robust and can get very tall. And if they aren't crazy about the area, they'll be a little bit smaller. 
uh, but they definitely have a different look than grass. What are the lasting benefits of this project for the DuPage River? Sure. So um, there are a lot of people in the Chicagoland area that are working um, hard to improve the water quality within the east and west branches of the DuPage River, um, which flow into the DuPage River and then ultimately into the Des Plaines, um, and then down south. So um, what this project does, it's a very small piece of the puzzle in helping improve that water quality. Um, we're hoping that eradicating invasive species and holding the shoreline will uh, reduce sedimentation in the river, reduce flooding ultimately in our little area and to provide a healthy habitat for native plants and animals and insects and bees and butterflies. And all those things. That sounds great. Well, I know like what you said about the, um, it being a piece of the puzzle, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of places along the river that other organizations are working on and also the park district. Um, I've been involved in um, obtaining grants for some of these projects, and I know you've been managing some of them too. So what are some of the other water quality projects that the Park District has completed over the past maybe 10 years? Sure. We've done several projects directly on the river, like mm -hmm. Pioneer Park, which is a, a beautiful example of a restored prairie and wetland and woodland. Um, we've done Weigand Park, which is a little farther south. Um, so there are several we have done that are directly on the river, but there are also a lot of detention and retention basins that we have worked on throughout the entire city of Naperville. And those are all connected to the river as well. So that's in everyone's backyard almost. We've been working on eliminating turf grass in these areas and planting native plants to do the same things that we've been talking about. Um, slow the water down to reduce flooding, to provide habitat for um, animals. So everything is connected. Those basins are typically piped directly to the river, um, but they're still very important. If people listening are in the Naperville area, you can go to some of our parks and and look at the signs that we've put up there to educate people about what ha has happened in that park. For example, Winding Creek Park, um, just south of 75th Street, has a sign near its retention pond that, that talks about the watershed and how, like Peggy said, we're all connected uh, through the drainage area into the DuPage River, even though it's several miles from the river itself. Right. And Knock Knolls Park, too. Knock Knolls is on the confluence of the east and west branches of the DuPage River, sort of where they meet and become the DuPage River. And we've done some uh, restoration areas in Knock Knolls Park as well that have been beneficial to that environment. So, so what can residents of Naperville do to protect water quality of the DuPage River, even though even in their own backyards? I think the biggest message that we try to uh, communicate to residents is that all the water that lands on their property eventually leaves their property. The rainwater that comes down flushes 
whatever you have put down in your backyard into detention basins and ultimately the river. So things that residents can do are sort of limiting their use of fertilizers and pesticides on their property, remembering that they're gonna roll off. Um, I was just walking with a friend the other day and her little boy said to me, ooh, that pond stinks. And I looked over, it was a retention pond in the neighborhood near my house and it was full of algae. And it just, it did, it smelled. And the reason that it smelled and that the water quality was bad was it had turf grass right up to the edge. Right. Fertilizer went right into that pond, causing the algae to bloom and smell already in the spring. So um, keeping residents aware of what causes that poor water quality, like fertilizers and pesticides is very important. Um, And planting native plants on your own property is always Mm -hmm. a great thing to do and trying to keep as much water on your property as possible with rain gardens or pervious pavement, um, things like that are overall, you think it's not much, but it really does benefit the um, river water quality. So rain barrels are another thing too that are great. Yeah, that's a great reminder that every little bit helps, You know, even, even a little rain garden in your yard. One more question, just looking back on all of these native plant projects you've been involved in, um, what do you think is, is your favorite or the one that you're, um, you're most happy with, uh, you know, judging from the before and after um, picture of what it looks like? I would say Pioneer Park is probably one of my favorites, mostly because um, I've been involved with that now for 11 years. So I've seen it evolve from what it was to what it is now, especially the upper prairie that's along Washington Street. Um, It's just beautiful in the summer to walk in there and feel kind of lost. That's a tall grass prairie. Mm -hmm. So you walk it through there and you feel very small. So, and you see the butterflies and everything along there. I think that's a beautiful example of a prairie restoration. Well, thanks so much, Peggy, for being with us today and for giving giving our listeners an insight into, you know, what is as simple as a, a riverbank, you know, what, what difference that can make um, in the quality of the river that we all enjoy. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.